The SGPN Fantasy Football Edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Emerson Beery, my co-host, Justin Bruni. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Happy Sunday. Ready to talk some Dynasty. We're doing some uh, some buy and sells, and I think we got a pretty good list uh, put together for you guys. So very excited to get in, uh, into the booth and talk some ball today. Absolutely. Our, our lovely editor-in-chief here has a child due in the next week. So, you know, we were joking before the podcast, you know, we, we could have a mid-exit podcast for the for the baby being born. So, you know, that would be that we were just talking how great that would be for the podcast. So, uh, Yeah, the little lady is due uh, July 3rd. It's uh, June 25th. So it could have been yesterday for all I know. You know, it could be any minute now. So she is uh, she is ready to pop out. You know, we're anxiously awaiting. Well, congratulations to you, my friend. I am feeling fresh as always coming off these weekend bartending shifts. I do have a day off today. I'm going to probably be hitting the farmer's market after this podcast as well. Stumbling down there. <laughs> Stumbling down there. You said you're on your third cup of coffee. Sounds like you're going to be running through that. Third cup of coffee and second whiskey already at 11 a.m. So, All right. My man, my man. Cocktails and dreams. Let's ride. That's what we're rolling with today. Dynasty fantasy football buys and sells and i tried to come up with the most polarizing list i could to try to get us on both sides of the issue here and I, you know we'll, we'll cover quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and tight end today so we'll go through across a couple of the positions so up first i wanted to talk about kirk cousins because you know this offseason has been super interesting kirk cousins has always been a nice a buy for me because he's always been disrespected always ranked as a low-end quarterback too and a borderline quarterback one producer however it seems like we're he's finally getting some respect. You know, I'm, I was listening to Matt Kelly and some of the guys on Player Profiler the other day, and you know, I, I heard them talking up about the fact that, yeah, I mean, somebody took him in the second round of the mock draft that they were doing on there in a super flex league. So you know, they were like, well, you know, I, I didn't want to wait on a quarterback. I want the you know, and somebody talked about them him being locked in for the next five years, and I'm I'm just not sure that's the case. You know what I mean? It, the Vikings. How many times, I guess, can they run it back, I guess, is my opinion. So, you know, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what you see, Kirk Cousins. And as he climbs into that kind of borderline quarterback one territory in dynasty leagues, as high as he ever has been mm -hmm. in his mid-30s, do you see him still as a buy candidate? 
I think you can consider him a buy candidate, but I think the five-year window is a bit rich. I think the next two to three seasons, he could bring, you know, put high-end QB1 numbers. I mean, there isn't really a ton around a ton of competition around the league right now. The next guy that we're going to talk about finished right behind him last year uh, in quarterback rankings, and Kirk Cousins is coming off a top-six season. Seven out of his last eight seasons, he's passed for over 4,000 yards. Definitely something to like. Uh, last two seasons prior to this year, he still did finish as a QB1, QB11 and 11 in back-to-back seasons, but then 19 and 13 the two years prior. So these last eight years or so have been pretty solid for him, but I think that his window is dwindling. I'm not so concerned about like the contract extension or anything like that. I do see him being connected to the Vikings for at least – this season and most likely the next two, I think that he would sign maybe you know a, a friendly, a team friendly two year contract that's going to get him paid through these next couple of seasons, and then maybe from there you know he could get into a situation where he wants to I don't know maybe go to a, you know a team that's just missing that last piece that's missing a QB. But I, I don't know if I would see him playing beyond thirty seven. He's thirty four right now, but he's in a very good situation. Like you're playing alongside one of the best receivers. And Justin Jefferson, you're playing in an, a vertical offense headed by Kevin O'Connell. I think he's a very good fit for that offense. And I really just don't see a lot of other options around the league to attack if you're going to you know, supplant him even in the next next season. So I feel like he has a, a relatively safe floor for this season and next. So I would say that he's a buy candidate you know, in this situation in Dynasty that, you, hey, you need someone right now to get you over the hump. You know, someone that can get you either into the playoffs or at least give your your team that safer floor, you know, to make a run. Um, I think he definitely falls into a huge sell category if your team isn't ready to win right now. If you're reading your roster appropriately and it's telling you, hey, it's not in the cards this season, it's not in the cards next year, then by all means, you know, dumping off a 34-year-old quarterback isn't, you know, a big issue. Like it's not going to be, a, you know, a polarizing, you know, um, option to get off of him, I would say. So while I am personally willing to go out and buy him, I think this is very, again, situational where, yeah, you know, if your roster is just trash, yeah, I think it's time to get off of Kirk Cousins and maybe, you know, try to pull back, you know, a first round pick if you can do, you know, a team that might be a little bit more desperate, you know, to make a run right now. So I think there are situations where where the answer goes both ways. But to me personally, I have him more in a buy category than a sell category. You know, I just noticed before, while you were talking, I was like, oh, man, I, I hate I was ha- hating to steal your graphics over there on the Heroes and Villains podcast. A- Andrew's going to be coming at me for copyright infringement. Oh, do we know? do we have that on there? <laughs> I, had, I had that for like the first six minutes. So sorry, oh. Andrew, if you're listening, I was stealing your graphics for the first part of the show. I guess I probably should have noticed that when we started. But yeah, I, I did see some, like a blink of a uh, blink of my eye there. I was like, oh, something went across the screen. I didn't catch that. I I changed it back. You know, going to keep it. uh I, I need I need to get on Canvas and start creating some fun stuff on there. So kudos to you guys over there. But you know, I was actually talking about I was doing a, a Apex Age Player podcast yesterday or the day before, and I was talking. I brought up Kirk Cousins here because I know what we've seen with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers over the last few years. But this is kind of the if you're not those kind of players, this is kind of he's getting into that territory where we start seeing some decline usually from these quarterbacks and you know, the the Matt Ryan's of the world. Um, Philip Rivers, you know, we saw some decline as we got into about 35, 36 season here. Kirk Cousins comes up, you know, it doesn't show in the face numbers, but coming up short in big moments, 
my just question is, I know the Vikings are a good team and they're probably never going to be in a, in a high draft pick maybe to take that quarterback, but how many times do they keep wanting to run it back with Kirk Cousins? You know, I suppose uh, the same, doing the same thing every, every year and coming up short. So I, you know, I do think you're right. I do think there's a two or three year window of production here, but yeah, that five-year window, I just don't see it. And I was actually bringing him up as a potential sell because maybe not to every manager, but I think in a super flex league, you know, you saw somebody, like I was saying, uh, experienced drafter on player profiler taking him in the second round of a super flex draft. I think you could get, maybe near two first round picks of value for Kirk Cousins. And if that's the case, then maybe he is a sell candidate for me, you know, moving up. What can you add for Kirk Cousins? Mm -hmm. Maybe for a Dak Prescott, a Kyler Murray, a Deshaun Watson, who continually gets disrespected. So that would be, you know, something I would search for, you know, maybe he is a, you know, I'd also, you know, um, I was hearing our listeners give us some trades yesterday where they got Kirk Cousins for a couple seconds of value, in which case he's a massive buy. So very polarizing player, someone who could be end up being a top, another top 12 quarterback finish this season. However, would you do that trade, though, Kirk Cousins for two seconds? I hope I you would, have more quarterbacks. Oh, well, no, I would definitely take Kirk Cousins in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. I was like, he's say, definitely a buy in that scenario. Yeah, I think there are a lot of situations where, yeah, like for the right offer, I'm definitely willing to sell him. But Again, if I'm on a win-now roster, I, I feel like I'm going to hold him close to the chest. I, I just feel like if you're looking to make a run this season or next, he's still a good fit for that. Again, I don't see him going anywhere this offseason. I think that the the quarterback market, honestly, is a bit dry. You know, If Marcus Mariota was able to get a starting job last year, if you have guys like Desmond Ritter starting this year, like look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, for goodness sakes. Like I just feel like it's it's a bit of a drier market, and I feel like he is going to still be valued as a top 10 QB for at least, again, the next season or two. You know, but it just this is one of those players that you can get such a difference in trade value in Dynasty League, just depending on which manager it is, which league mm -hmm. it is. You know, you could see him go for, a, you know, like I said, you know, a top 15 Dynasty wide receiver, top 10 Dynasty wide receiver, or, yeah, you could see him sold for pennies on the dollar. It just depends – how that manager views him you know you're probably your more savvy drafters your more experienced drafters are definitely going to hold kirk cousins in a little bit more high esteem so before we dive into our next player here i just want to give a shout out to our friends over at bird dogs bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better bird dogs fist um you know they fix the issues with cloud net fabric that looks just like catchy but stretches so you can get way slimmer without having to sacrifice movement you know i've been taking these out you know during football um some badminton during the summertime you know very versatile then head to the bar afterwards so you know they look good and you can do some more athletic stuff in them too so i've been enjoying them myself and you know, go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter the promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler too with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay. Next up, I have Geno Smith. And, you know, this is another player that, man, you're just going to have a big difference in value depending on who you were talking to Geno Smith coming off a fantastic season. However, you know, he did spend nearly a decade on the bench in the NFL. So it's hard to, it's hard to envision Geno Smith failing in this offense. One of the best skill, you know, you have Jackson Smith, the Jigba, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker, uh, 
Zach Charbonnet, you know, the, the players are endless. So, you know, where do you see Geno Smith going these next few years? And do you think he's properly valued as a mid-tier quarterback too in dynasty leagues? The disrespect to Noah Fant. Come on now. Come on now. They got some tight ends there. Uh, no, I, I like Geno Smith as, as a buy candidate in the sense that he shouldn't cost a lot, at least in my opinion, because most teams that are going to own him in dynasty, you know, most likely added him as a surplus and or off waivers. So I feel like he is buyable in the sense that whoever does own him should be have the ability to get off of him, right? So like one of the teams where I own Geno Smith, I also roster Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Now, I haven't gotten off of Geno Smith just yet because I, I kind of need to wait and see what happens with Kyler Murray a little bit here. But that's a situation where I'm looking in, around my league and I'm saying like, you know what, like I don't necessarily need, you know, two older QBs. I can probably get off of one of these guys, and I feel like Geno will have a little bit more of enticement to my fellow league mates, whereas Aaron Rodgers could be, again, just like in his last two years, where Geno Smith, while he's still 32, he's found his stride. He found a gr great spot in Seattle. Him and Pete Carroll seem to have a very great relationship, and he's coming off of a polarizing season where he was, you know, a top five QB in fantasy. And I, where I am, you know, skeptical for him to do that again i still think that he can finish around qb1 territory maybe flirt with it you know i don't think it's crazy to say that he's going to finish as a top 14 qb this season again with the weapons around him and how efficient he was and showed us he can be last season uh you know in this pete carroll offense so i feel good about him but i i would say that he's a buy in, in the sense that it shouldn't cost me a lot if i'm selling him i'm probably not getting a huge like amount back like i don't think that he's going to warrant a first round pick in dynasty. So I feel like, you know, the better situation with him is to buy him because it's most likely not going to cost you a lot. Sure. Again, uh, very similar to Kirk cousins for the right price. I would be willing to sell him, but I just don't think that you're going to get high yield returns on his availability in the trade market. If a contender came to you in a dynasty league with a first round pick, you expect it to be later. Are you going to take that for Geno Smith? Yeah, I think I could. I think I could talk myself into that. I, I, I think getting myself. Uh, hopefully, I still have a first round pick. You know, and me. You know, I'm, I've probably lost like that year and the, the following year. But yeah, in the right situation, you know, if you already have a first round pick and now you're getting a second, I really don't even no need to know that market. I, I'm just gonna feel good about that. Real realistically, whenever I can get two picks in any round, I'm feeling really good. So getting more exposure to you know the first round, I, I, and again, as long as I don't need them. As long as I'm one of these teams that, you know, purchased him at a surplus, took him as my third or fourth QB in a startup maybe last year or was able to grab him off of waivers the year prior, I, I really have no problem with that. I mean, obviously, you always like, you know, higher mid-round, but, you know, that obviously, you know, that's going to be tough. Like getting a top five potential pick for Geno is, is going to be tough. So, yeah, if, if you gave me a late first, I think I would feel pretty good about that. Yeah, you know, I probably would do that too. You know, if I didn't really need him, I was on it. Especially if I was, you know, didn't I didn't think I was. Yeah, exactly. I didn't need him for a competing team. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, this draft class has taught us a little bit about future projections and what we know. You know, we, you know, I was just buying first round picks. We were get, holding first future first round picks with very high value, and you know, those first six picks in dynasty leagues were still, you know, very valuable, but. We saw, you know, Devon A. Chain and Kendra Miller mm -hmm. and players like that were not players we were expecting to take in the late first round. We were expecting a lot more. So, you know, I've just I would be a little 
I would maybe want a second round pick on top of that, but I would probably be selling Geno Smith for a first round pick. We just, it's an outlier season. He does. He's not going to add too much with his legs. He, you know, he has some underrated mobility maybe, but he's not going to add too much fantasy production with his legs. He's just, you're betting on higher outcome passing outcomes every single season already entering his mid thirties. It's hard for me to see Geno Smith putting up a four to five year dominant stretch here. It's mm-hmm. it's in within the range of outcomes, but I think he probably more lock than likely settles back into kind of quarterback two territory. And, you know, his his future success will be dependent kind of like I was alluding to our Kirk Cousins is just, you know, keeping Seattle productive and out of kind of that top 10, top 15 territory where they might be inclined to take maybe a signal caller there. So mm-hmm. I think Geno Smith's probably safe for the next couple of years for sure. But, you know, if Seattle were to fall off, if he were to get injured, I think he could be very easily replaced. So. That's why I think kind of falls more into that kind of low, probably back half quarterback two territory, you know, quarterback 17, 18 range for me. So depending just like Kirk Cousins, it really does depend on the manager you're talking to. If I was a compete, you know, in the same sense, if you were a competing team, mm-hmm. you, you you were just a quarterback away, you know, you see yourself as top four or five roster in your league. Are you going to send a first round pick for Geno Smith? Probably not. No. If I was going to send a first, you know, I'd rather send it for like Kirk Cousins, the first guy that we talked about between the two. You know, I think that there's probably another option out there. Um, I may even be willing. Well, I wouldn't send a first for for Aaron Rodgers, but I would be that's those are the types of guys I would be targeting, you know, higher age QBs in good situations for potentially this season and next. I think all three of those guys would fit that mold. So whoever I could get at the cheapest cost. So it's hard for me to, yeah, okay. So it's hard for me to give him a buy then because I think, I don't think managers are going to sell him for a second round pick. So I think Geno Smith, more of a sell for me, but not someone mm-hmm. I'm shoving out the door, but leans more of a sell. Yeah. Again, it'll be dependent on, on your league. You know, I've, I've seen some weird Geno trades. So, I mean, I, I've, I've seen him go for, for a second and a player. All right. Before we dive into the running backs, I just want to give one more shout out to our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. The show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. So many ways to win over on Underdog and and active in so many states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, diving into the running backs here. The first one I wanted to talk about is one of the most polarizing uh, fantasy football players this offseason, I think. That's Damian Pierce. Strong stretch of production to start off in Houston last year. However, kind of falled off at the end of last year, banged up, missed the last few games. Not very high draft capital, wasn't super productive at Florida, not a great athlete. That's what kind of makes him a sell candidate for me. I think there is certain dynasty players I found who kind of push him toward that top 15 mid-tier RB2 value, and I think this is a good jumping off point. You know, in a bad Houston offense, I think, you know, let you know CJ Stroud going to be acclimating to his environment. I think touchdowns could be hard to come by. There could be some short drives. I think Devin Singletary there to vulture a score or two. I think Damian Pierce could be in for a little bit of a rougher season. So 
I, you know, I also find, you know, players with these kind of draft capital are also very easily replaced. So Damian Pierce kind of falls into that sell category for me, you know, as I, is usually any running back with day, you know, that was really productive as a rookie coming off day three draft capital. I usually think is a sell as most running backs are this time of year. What's your thoughts on Damian Pierce? I'm actually putting him in more of a buy category because I feel like his value is coming down. I feel like he's becoming more affordable and I do believe the Houston offense will be better than last year. Um, I don't think that they're going to get worse. Um, you know, I don't think Davis Mills is going to beat out CJ Stroud. I think they have more weapons at receiver. Uh, while Devin Singletary is there, I think that Devin Singletary presents an opportunity to obtain Damian Pierce at a lower cost because if you're looking around, you know, the talent around him, those levels are rising. So I feel like he should benefit from being, you know, still somewhat of a featured back. Like I would expect him to get over 250 touches this upcoming season. Now, I think there could be an argument for the the following season after if C.J. Stroud takes an elite step forward, which I think you and I, based on our prior discussions, would agree that's probably going to happen after his rookie season. Um, so I think for this next upcoming year, I, I really don't hate what uh, what the opportunities look for him look like. He's still 23 years old. Yeah, Devin Singletary will be around him. Number one in explosive rating last season for running backs. But again, I just still feel this needs this team is going to need to lean on the run, and I feel like they're going to lean on Damian Pierce quite a bit this upcoming season. Last year, he he had exactly 250 touches through 13 games. Even with a bit of a regression, a few less touches a game, I still f- see him hitting that nod. I think that you had mentioned the touchdowns. I think that's really what you're looking at is he's probably not going to be someone that's going to have like that double-digit type of exposure or opportunity. So, you know, if that's a big deal for you, like in, maybe your league is more closer to standard scoring and you need touchdowns from your running backs, then, yeah, sure, I could I could see people getting off of him. But, you know, he had five t- total touchdowns last season. I think that he can move upwards on that number. It just may not be with impeccable growth. You know, I could see him walking away with this next season with, you know, seven to eight touchdowns. But, you know, maybe he only has around like 1,000 to 1,100 rushing yards you know, with not a very high yards per carry, but just getting a lot of touches. So uh, I think the pricing is getting better for him. You know, if you ask me, you know, in September last year or August last year, his, you know, his, his cost would have been through the roof. And I think right now, you know, coming off a season where he finished RB 28, I just feel like he's priced very well. And and if you're in need of a, a younger running back, I think he should be a buy target. What do you think? What do you think you could buy? What you know? What do you think you could send to get him right now? That you that you. I don't do? think that you would need a first. I think that you can definitely get get him for a second round pick, and you know maybe, you know maybe the team that you're trading him to has a couple of Eagles running backs, and you have you know Rashad Penny or Kenneth Gainwell or something like that, and you sprinkle in something like that, you know, on top of a second. I think that would work. Yeah, you know, I think, I think it'd be hard. I I don't think. And I think it'd be hard to get him for a second round pick. I think, I think what's more likely what I think you could sell him for, especially when August gets here and people are looking for running backs, you know, maybe you send him off for a player like a Jerry Judy, a player like a, I'm holding Jerry there, but like, I, you ain't getting Jerry from me for, for, for Pierce. That's for sure. Um, I think, you know what? I think when people are looking at it this season, I think, you know, Damian Pierce falls into that mid-tier, low-end RB2 territory in Dynasty Leagues when you look at most rankings. I think, you know, 
maybe this time of year in June, running backs are a little bit depressed to the boat. I think once you're starting to get toward August, though, those running back prices start skyrocketing way up because people are about to set their lineups and they're like, oh, well, I actually need to start a running back. So projections are down. Yeah, well, you know, and people just abandon ship on running backs in the offseason. And then, you know, yeah. once the season comes back again, all of a sudden you, they have a market for them. So Damian Pierce, somebody I would be exploring for maybe a low end wide receiver two, a high end wide receiver three in dynasty leagues. Some I'm trying to think of some of the other names in that range that are just eluding me right now. Um, who's who's around Jerry Judy that you would say in a dynasty league right now? Maybe like in that low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three. Territory. Would you would you trade Mike Evans in a second for him? I needed a running back. I would trade. If I was, if I thought it was going to be a late second round pick, I would do that. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I don't think that's a bad deal. I mean, especially if you have receiver depth, like if you're kind of you know flipping your value there, I I think that's very equitable. I w I certainly wouldn't give up a someone young like Jerry Judy in, in that in that type of deal. So like the wide receiver two range, I think that yeah, it, it's definitely got to be in the backer end and then higher end wide receiver three. And I feel like Mike Evans fits that mold. You know, per whoever's dynasty rankings you're looking at, whether it's back-end wide receiver two or front-end wide receiver three, I, I feel like he fits that mold. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, like, you know, somebody else, maybe I would explore, like, seeing if you can maybe get a, mm -hmm. you know, if I was a building team, maybe I would start, look for Damian Pierce. Maybe I wouldn't shove him out, running back out the mm -hmm. door for a contending team. But if you saw yourself more as a rebuilder this year, Traylon Burks is somebody also I might be targeting for Damian Pierce. Next player I have up is Ramondre Stevenson. Another polarizing player just because of the New England backfield factor. Another player, you know, didn't get a, didn't get a lot of work as, as a rookie. Fourth round draft capital, but really came on, was very productive. Is Despite his bigger size, is very elusive, is a, is a great pass catcher. So not just your typical bruising running back that you would think for somebody who's a larger player like him. And, you know, there's... There's, you know, there's a, more of a range, I guess, of higher outcomes this year because of the fact that Damian Pierce is gone. Maybe he's going to get a full-time role here, but this is still New England. We know how Bill Belichick likes to pigeonhole these running backs into particular roles. So what's interesting is that I seem to have more pass catching almost running backs now. You have Pierre Strong back there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I forget the other. Kevin Harris is uh, back there too. So, you know, with with those kind of players, you do we see Ramondre Stevenson more pay, uh slotted into an early down role. So it's just, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you see Ramondre Stevenson's talent profile being somebody who can, you know, have a nice two to three year production window here going forward? Yeah, I think that he could, uh, he could have a good window, but if we're talking just buy or sell candidate, I think I'm more in the alignment of sell. I feel like a top <laughs> 10 finish and back-to-back -back seasons in a Patriots offense for a running back is very difficult. And I think the big growth and the big step forward for him that we saw was based on volume. The yards per touch and the yards per carry are very similar, you know, from his rookie to his sophomore season. It's just that you saw him get a ton more carries. You saw him get a ton more catches, right? So he was just included heavily more so in the offense. And I felt like the offense was a little bit dried up last season. I felt like you were just really looking around for anybody that could help carry the load. And there was just nobody in sight. And while I'm not overly impressed with, you know, Mike Gusecki being added or Juju Smith-Schuster, again, it feels like a situation where the talent levels have risen around the star player from the previous season. 
So I'm expecting a little bit of a decline. I do not expect him to be a top 10 uh, running back this season. I think with the improved health of some other backs, along with just a smidge bit of a regression, I think that you see him fall to maybe running back 11 to 15 territory. And so this is a situation where the market is so high on him, I would be willing to sell. Uh, Again, like you had mentioned, Bill Belichick just loves to cut up those touches. He's still 25 years old, has a great frame at 230 pounds, and is still relatively young, just being, you know, coming into his third year in the league. Uh, I'm just a little bit more concerned again about that regression. It's hard for me to buy into running backs out of the Patriots offense in back to back seasons. Jamie, uh, this guy, one of the best listeners ever. He always he always is on the Face Off Networks podcast and he's venturing over here as well. Jamie, shout was, out to uh, you. He was chilling friend. with me and Andrew the other night. What's yeah, up, yeah, he, he's a great guy. And um, he just got his uh, Scott Fishbowl invite as well. So congrats to you, my friend. Have fun Same in here. that tournament this year. Appreciate everybody you. on Twitter that banged the drum for me. <laughs> um, so next up. Oh, yeah, no, no. I, I don't think I talked about Ramondre Stevenson yet. I'm losing it today. This is, I need a fourth cup of coffee right after this. But so Ramondre Stevenson, it's just, I think – for a player that you can get maybe a first round pick plus four, this is a guy who I would maybe be shopping for a running back. You know, everyone tries to sell their, you know, I try to zig when others are zagging. So with everybody trying to sell their running backs in the middle of the summer, I like to wait and try to hold them right until August. So when August hits, Armandre Stevenson's value is going to shoot up because naturally people are going to be looking to run for running backs to fill those starting roles. So Mm -hmm. I like to avoid in general, especially with these higher ranked running backs, I like to avoid guys in bad offenses because there's a lot working against them. Could have a lot of short drives, lack of touchdown opportunities. You know, if the Patriots are getting beat up, are they going to move away from the run game? I know Ramondre Stevens is part of the pass game, but still there's a lot working against them there. You know, the overall fourth round draft capital, I know we're a couple of years out still, but you know, there's just, a, there's a lot of things working against Ramondre Stevenson. So if he's going to be ranked as a top 12 running back and you could get, Let's think here, you know, maybe a first Devontae at least. Smith, a Chris Godwin, Christian Watson. You know, those are guys I think potential sells, you know, but, you know, as a contending team, you know, those are always moves that I would make, especially if I'm not a strong contender. You know, if I don't see myself as a top three or four team in the league, I always like to pivot off the running backs, you know, and maybe even put yourself in a position to compete this year, but just make it a little bit more safer. Usually as a contender, though, you know, I might be holding on to Ramondre Stevenson still, but. In most builds, I'm looking, I agree with you. He is a sell candidate. And it's, yeah, if I can get a first round pick plus in value in a super flex mm-hmm. league, that's something I'd probably definitely be considering. I, I think there's just a lot of hype around him, though. Like, if of all the players on the list here that, that you've put down, I think he's the most likely that you could get two first round uh, picks for him because people are just so excited about what he can be in that offense. And I get it. Like, believe me, Ramondra, he made me some money last year, especially in like those weekly best ball drafts that we were doing. He was absolutely fantastic down the stretch, but I just don't see it being, uh, you know, maintainable. I, I just don't see him being able to do it in back-to-back years. And like you had mentioned, just being in a bad offense, he's not a guy I expect to hit double-digit touchdowns, period. You know, I, I feel like he's capped between probably five to eight at most. And he is a – I mean, he has a battering ram of a build, though. My goodness. Um, he won't, wasn't targeted until other guys got hurt. That's a good point, Jamie. Um, and, and and like we know, just I, said, the talent levels are rising. Like they have more guys there. They have more able bodies now. The, the roster is deeper. Yeah, and it's just 
it's always tough, you know, especially, you know, unless there's, unless they're big overarching, fantastic talents. When a guy gets to RB one territory, I usually think like, man, like most running backs, they're a sell candidate. So, you know, somebody who I would definitely be looking for, maybe a mid wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two. See, you know, maybe two first round picks could be a little bit tough. You might have to wait until a big game. Ty, Ty Montgomery is, is that and JJ yeah. Taylor as well. It's Kevin uh, Harris, yeah. Ty Montgomery, and JJ Taylor. Yeah, so exactly, and we know how the like I said, the Patriots could deploy Ramondre Stevenson more of an early down role, considering that they have it seems like a lot of pass catching running backs on the roster. So. With that, we'll dive into the wide receivers now. First up player I have is Devontae Smith, and I got it on Reddit the, last week for re, for ranking uh, Devontae Smith as my wide receiver fifteen. Whew. They, they, people like, were, too low, like too low, or people were mad. Yeah, people were. Uh, it's too low. They were saying, and I, think, I don't think that's bad. I mean, you just look at it. It's just Devontae Smith. There's a lot of great wide receivers, and Devontae Smith, despite finishing as a wide receiver uh, one last season. It's going to be it's going to be a lot to do that again. Jalen this offense is going to just have to continue just to be the best, which it is the best. It looks the best on paper, so it could be, but mm. you're asking for a lot. There's Dallas got it. There's AJ Brown. It's a right. run first offense with a dual threat quarterback. I mean, DeVonte Smith to even be a top, I mean, I expect him to be a top 15 wide receiver this year, but for that to even happen, we're bet there's a lot's going right here still. So, DeVonte Smith I mean, just because of He's going. He's treated with so much respect. He doesn't have. We're moving away from that prototypical wide receiver that needs to be six foot three. But nonetheless, Devontae Smith has a bit of a smaller build. It's just I think if you can get multiple first round picks for Devontae Smith, who's going and top is a top two round uh, player in startups right now. I think. I mean, I, ha- I would have to consider selling that if you can get. You know, think looking at a running back. If you can get a top seven or eight running back if you can get multiple first round picks if you can get a jerry judy and a first round pick a christian watson and a first round pick for Devonte smith these are definitely moves i would consider mm-hmm. making you know um, i think he is he, he's going i mean he's going as an elite wide receiver now he's gotten a lot of respect people think maybe he can even outproduce aj brown this season that's that's a bit rich that's a bit rich i think that a lot of people need to remember because again i think that a lot of this love is on the back of the success that many dynasty owners had with Devonte smith down the stretch of last season right like his last eight games seven of them he had i think at least five catches and eight of eight of his last nine he had at least five catches or 50 receiving yards and i think four out of his last five he had at least seven catches or more in each game like he was getting a huge target share finished as wide receiver nine on the season but also that was backed on the Goddard injury. Goddard would miss a significant time down the stretch. And even when he came back, he just wasn't used at the same volume pre-injury. They were saving him up for the playoffs. I think that the the good things for Devonta Smith are that the Eagles have a tougher schedule this upcoming season. They're going to be in more games. They're going to need to pass a little bit more than they ran last season. But I still feel that it puts him in a buy situation. And I'm only saying that because I have bought him this offseason. What are your thoughts on this trade that I completed? I moved off of Joe Mixon straight up for Devonta Smith. That's in, I mean, I, I, that's insane to me. I just have a really hard. I, I don't know how you pulled that off. This is a dynasty league. This is a dynasty league. And this was this season. I made this trade in April. 
I, I can't believe someone did that. Now that's, I don't think now I, I would do that in a heartbeat for Devonte Smith. However, so, I just think his value is so much more high. I think you need four Joe Mixons from most people. Ooh, wow. Uh, so I think the two first, two first round picks, I feel like is a bit rich. Like if you pull that off, like tip of the cap, clap of the hands, happy birthday, bring Jesus I down. Think he's off in the that cross. territory to a lot of people. He's a top 12 wide, dynasty wide receiver. Then by all means sell. Like I'm not in those streets. Like if, if, if you're on the block where Devonta Smith is going for two first, then by all means sell him. But I do like buying him where I need a receiver. So in that specific league, I had Najee Harris, I have Aaron Jones and I have Joe Mixon, but I was not very strong at receiver. I have like Mike Williams and Terry McLaurin. And then the rest was like dead weight. You know, like the guys that got me over the hump, like a Richie James last season in the playoffs. Yeah. Great story, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to run that back for 2023. Right. Um, Isaiah Hodgins was on that list as well. So another, you know, just another giants receiver, but you know, just like those plug and play guys, Hunter Renfro, um, Jeff Wilson, you know, I was mixing him into the flex and how, how this was playing out because I can only start obviously, you know, two running backs and then, you know, mix in or one of those other guys was falling into the flex. So for me, it was just about getting better value, you know, just trying to balance out my roster. So yeah, it worked out for me in that, in that situation. I agree. I was just like, well, I'll start with this. I'll start with this and see what happens. J Jamie has it right. I think if you offered me mixing in a first for Smith, I I decline. See, this is where his value is. I think. Hey, I, Jamie's a smart guy. <laughs> he's um. I I just don't think that's practical for most man. Like that's a steal. That's an absolute steal. You got you know one of those off season market. Consider, no no one knows what the market is because it's the off season type. Of consider steals. the source. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean. <laughs> Devonte Smith is uh. You know, I think if you go down the list of RB ones, I think. It, Ramondre Stevenson, Austin Eckler, um, these guys, I don't think that gets it done for most managers for Devontae Smith. You move up a little bit. Josh Jacobs, Najee Harris, I don't think that gets it done for Devontae Smith for most people. I think, you know, you're looking at, you could get Jameer Gibbs. You could get Travis Etienne. You could get, I think you could even get Saquon Barkley for Devontae Smith from, you know, a guy maybe who wanted to pivot off of a running back. And I think, you know, I that's something I could, do, especially if I was a competing manager, I needed a running back, I'd do that. You know, maybe you're losing out on some long-term three-year, four-year production window here. But mm -hmm. you know, by pretending team, I think those guys are set up for the next two seasons a little bit more than Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith, you know, you're looking at the targets last season. I mean, he had eight-plus targets in every single uh, one of his final uh, nine games. I don't like, think that's, that's hard to keep up, I think. You know, so I think there could be some more up-and-down performances like we saw midway through the season and the earlier on. So, Someone he I started, he started off the year with uh, zero catches and four targets in game <laughs> one. People were freaking out. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think he settles in more as a wide receiver two, mid-tier wide receiver two territory this season. So I think, you know, if I can, if I'm a competing team and I could sell for a top seven or eight running back, I think I, I, I would consider doing that. And I think this is more. I think that's more the territory that Smith is even in. And that's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. That's, that's even, that's over two. That's like two first round picks of value. Like I was so saying. I, so again, and for this conversation, I personally would not give up two first, but if you can do it, if, if you can get a haul for him, then yeah, he, he should be in sell, sell territory for me. I obviously willing to buy because I was able to get him at a steal, Stolen. steal and a deal. I'm uh, I've already, the police are on their way to your house right now. <laughs> it's April. You're, you're, I mean, the, it's it's two months of uh, of time has gone by. It's different in the in the fantasy and world, man. Joe Mixon, who back in April wasn't even going to be a Bengal, who was about to be you know be suspended this season, had stuff going on. You like you that's highway robbery.
is what you got away with. So in in April, a running back. Come on now, that's that's insane. Um, I should so, I should name that team Too Fast Too Furious. That's how <laughs> that's how the whole series started was highway robbery. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Uh, next up though, uh, T Higgins. Almost somebody who I have in the same breath. T. Higgins is a very good wide receiver. He would be the best wide receiver in the. I wish he was on the Kansas City Chiefs. He'd be the best wide receiver yeah. for so many NFL teams. But in the Cincinnati offense, I just wonder. I love T. Higgins, but if, he's been he's being ranked as a top twelve dynasty wide receiver. I just wonder if, just like Devonte Smith, if this is a good sell high point because. Is there, I just, he's always going to play second fiddle to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase gets Garner's 10 plus targets every single game he's out there. T Higgins, more of kind of that underneath threat. I just don't know. I, I T Higgins is going to be a very good wide receiver for a long time. I just don't know if there's room for him to be that top 12 wide receiver in with Cincinnati with Jamar Chase. So this is another guy who, if I can get, you know, I'm looking at the, he is, what's his wide receiver finishes over the last few years? He hasn't finished as a top 15 wide 18, receiver. 18, 24, and 28. Yeah. Exactly. So not great. I mean, this is a guy who I think also could get you could get two first round picks of value for. And if that's the case, you know, if I can get a Saquon Barkley, a, a Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, a top, you know, a top five, six running back in Dynasty, if I can get a Christian Watson and a first round pick or something like that, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of moves I think that make him a sell. So um, Jamie checking. I'm always debating Higgins and Devontae and Dynasty and best balls and always end up going with Higgins. I mean, for me, as a extreme Dynasty ageist, I can't help myself. I would also go to Higgins there, but I think he's I think most managers usually value T. Higgins a bit more than Devontae Adams. So what's your thoughts on T. Higgins going forward? I, I have to be more of a, a sell ca- uh, category or candidate, if you will. Uh, it, it's just tough for me to expect those high yield returns in that offense alongside Jamar Chase. You're betting on him, you know, being productive in the place of an injury or missed opportunities for other positions. Like if this team was missing Joe Mixon right now, like if they had moved on from him, maybe I'd feel a little bit better. But top 12 in Dynasty, you're just looking at the age. You know, that, that that's really all that you're looking at. You're looking at the next six years rather than the next two to three. Yeah, that's and, right. And, and yeah, when he gets onto a new roster at some point, I don't expect him to be like a career uh, Bengal, I think, yeah, he's going to have higher returns and, and higher potential. I think years 27 through 30 could be his most productive seasons. And, you know, so that's, you know, looking forward, like, yeah, just like Devontae Smith, I think if you're trading for maybe a running back, you're losing out on that long five or six year window, but that's not really what the window that we're playing in. I like to look at two to three year stretches here. I, so Higgins, I think, could get you a very valuable producer, multiple value producers over these next couple seasons where he might still just be a wide receiver too in Dynasty Leagues. Fine production, but not upper tier. Nothing that's going to push your team over the top and win you a championship, I think. And he's a field stretcher. Like when you look at his, uh, what is it, his yards per target, nine or 9.47, 9.92 yards per catch, 13.89, 14.74, like – He's not like Devonta Smith, who I think has a little bit more of a reliable role in that Eagles offense as a lower A dot slot type of receiver where you have A.J. Brown breaking out the the deep field. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, they do a lot of the same things. So I just feel like that you're working with two really, really good receivers. And, you know, with how close Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow are, like he is locked into that top five wide receiver conversation 
You know, I think T. Higgins would also fit that mold if Jamar Chase wasn't there and we're not betting on injuries, especially with receivers. You know, it just, man, and also, you know, Jamie's talking about the contract in the chats. You know, you're looking at $55 million for Joe Burrow. You're looking at 30 to 35 million for Jamar Chase. And then what's T. Higgins going to get? $25 million? You know, and and why would he do that when the open market's going to pay him just as much as Chase? Well, I mean that that's what I mean. Like I think it could, yeah, twenty five million dollars plus. You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. I think you know could I think T Higgins would sign for that? But that is an incredible investment to put into three players. You know, two wide receivers and your quarterback. You know that. You know the offensive line's not going to get better if that's the case. That defense is going to be rough. So nothing's going to get better. Nothing's going to get better. Period. So, yeah, I question whether you know. I know that. T Higgins, I know that they want to keep that trio together, but I wonder how practical it is because, man, you, that is you are going to be thin at a lot of spots on your roster, especially when you're paying T Higgins for wide receiver, dominant, dominant wide receiver production when he's maybe not going to get that with Jamar Chase. I think that's maybe a little bit of a waste. So I don't know what the Bengals will do here, but it'll be very interesting to see. Moving on to the last two, the tight ends that I'd wanted to talk about here. You know, it's hard. You know, Kyle, how, how can we not do this without Kyle Pitts, the man, the myth, the legend himself? You know, it's just it's really hard. I love Kyle Pitts so much. I love the talent. You know, he, he was, he you know, just look what he did last year. He was number five in air yards after missing six games. Mm -hmm. You know, just asked to be asked. He was asked to be a wide receiver last year. He, was, he wasn't put in a great spot to succeed, wasn't put in, in line to take advantage of matchups or anything like that. Um, so it was a tough year for him. And I don't, just don't know if it's going to get better with Bijan Robinson and Arthur Smith. It's just you gave the most run-heavy offensive court, uh, offensive coach Bijan Robinson. I, you know, it's just with Desmond Ritter. I just question if this is going to be another kind of lost season for Kyle Pitts. So I'm a little bit sad as an owner in so many dynasty leagues. You know, what do you think? Is he a, is he a buy candidate? Is, is there brighter? You know, is it going to get brighter around the corner here, or is he maybe 2024? the season that we'll be waiting on for Kyle Pitts. I think our perception of the Falcons is just different. So I, I really don't know because I feel like, again, this is a good situation for Kyle Pitts because the talent levels are rising. I think that Desmond Ritter will in product in results be better than Marcus Mariota. I believe that having him alongside Drake London for another year is a very good thing. And adding Bijan is even a better thing because they have a great offensive line. The, it will be a more of a run-first type of team. Yeah, Kyle Pitts isn't walking into the Bengals' locker room next season. I get that. But at the same time, who else is going to catch passes after Drake London? I, I feel like it's a very, very good situation. And this is a, a player who's coming off of, yeah, an injury-ridden season, but he also finished as tight end six as a rookie. Like I think that all, all signs point to obvious progression from last year, but I think that a top-12 tight end season is well you know, well inbound here this next this next season. I don't know if I want to go as high as to say six, but I think five through ten is certainly within question here. I just think that you maybe you're not getting a ton of exposure to like touchdowns because yeah, you're gonna have Bijan, you're gonna have Tyler Algier there who showed out last year and they they will run the ball a lot. But I think his his PPR value and especially in tight end premium leagues, he's right up there. I I, I don't I, I do not believe that you can obtain him for anything less than a first round pick. So well, where I would want to say buy, I don't know if me personally, like I would want to buy right now, I would probably want to buy a little bit closer to the season when I feel a little bit better giving up that first round pick. 
when maybe, you know, you're getting a little bit of, you know, better results out of training camp, a little bit more, you know, you know, a little bit more of a positive message, we'll say from the beat reporters, whatever you need to, you know, say it's, it's, you know, green light go for pits. I, I don't see him being someone that's going to be able to be purchased on the cheap or not give or not get a good return. If I'm selling him right now, I'm expecting at least a first round pick given his age, given the volatility at the position, taking into consideration some pre previous production is rookie season, the athleticism, the build, I think he's going to have a good season. So I'm willing to buy, especially if the market's in, in, in your side where, Oh, it's going to be not a great year for him. Give me all the Kyle Pitts I can get. I mean, you talked about top 12, top 10, I mean, Taysom Hill can have three good games and he finishes his top 12 tight end. You know, it's just, I think if he... Well, then if his high range he, of outcomes should be three or four. That could be, that's his higher range of outcomes. But if he's just a top 10 tight end, if he has, if it's 700 yards, you know what I mean? If it's 700 yards and a few scores, it's top 10, you know, that'll, that'll slide in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Top 10 production. I just don't know. I just, it's hard because Desmond Ritter, they were already 31st in pass plays per game last year, 6.2 yards per pass attempt. You know, with considering all that, not a not an upper echelon passer by any means, can he mm -hmm. sustain two wider two? If Kyle Pitts is head and shoulders above Drake London on the target share, I think there I think he could be very, very good. But I just don't know if that's going to be the case. It could be flip-flopping between these two. And I just don't think Desmond Ritter has enough juice to sustain multiple wide receivers. Jamie talking about, yeah, I do think if they if Arthur Smith were to dedicate to putting Kyle Pitts actually in line where he could play against these linebackers. Exactly. I think he would be a lot better, but when he's asked to go against cornerbacks all the time, young tight end, well, I, that's tough on him. Let's uh, let's talk about Mac Collins a little bit. I know you're going to, you know, give me, you know, give me a weird look. Go ahead. It's fine. I like he's one of the highest like rated uh, run blocking receivers in the NFL per P PFF. I think that he is going to be on the field a lot with London and Pitts. Now that's not some declaration of, Hey, go pick up Mac Collins in dynasty or in, best ball or redraft, but I think he is going to be an integral part of the offense where he's going to play a lot of snaps. He maybe use more of a blocker and only get, you know, maybe, you know, 30 or 40 receptions this upcoming season. But I do believe that his experience and his uh, involvement in this offense should push Kyle Pitts to more opportunities to either come out of the slot or to be lined up with linebackers. It's not a, it's not an amazing move, but it's moving some chess pieces around. That's for sure. I think I think, you know, in the first four or five weeks, Kyle Pitts is going to have a couple quiet performances in there. And I'm going to put a delayed buy on my Kyle Pitts because I do love the long-term talent. I think he is has a lot of production, you know, in the future ahead of him. However, I think 2023 is going to be another up-and-down season. So I think, you know, midway, a few weeks into the season, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a buy. I've seen Kyle Pitts already be traded for Mark Andrews, you know, pretty much straight up. I've okay, seen Kyle Pitts – uh, you know, go for, you know, Kyle Pitts is being sold for cheaper. And I think, but what I think is, so then, think, so now he should be a buy then. I, I, because like I said, but, I think if you're selling a first round pick now, I think it's probably that plus more later. I think, but I actually, I think it's going lower. I think you can get Kyle Pitts okay. for even lower during the season. That's why I'm going to put a delayed buy on him because I think I do actually like where he's going now, but I think it's going to be even. I think we're going to see that value even decrease a little bit, maybe even more this season as people want that now production. So Kyle Pitts, very polarizing player. I hope for my dynasty sake, I hope you're right. And I hope it's just wheels off and I hope so, I'm hoping thousand yard season. 
really quick, if let's say you're a dynasty owner and you're just barren at the position. Let's say you have Dalton Schultz, Jake Ferguson, and I don't know, Cade Otten, right? Would you rather give up a, a second for another player like that or a first for Kyle Pitts right now in June? I thought like, I just because that's I would that's give up, easy. I would for give me. up a first. I would give up a yeah. first for Kyle Pitts. I would give up a first for Kyle Pitts. I I just wonder though if you even going to need to in a, in a couple months. You know, I think I, I, think I don't Kyle, see him ever going for anything lower than that. You know, I think especially you know I would want. You know, I think if, as long as that's the pick, I don't think it's going to be top six. I would do that. You know, I think you know Kyle Pitts is starting. You know, he's moving down rankings quite a bit, so. Kyle Pitts going to be a very good buy, I think, shortly. We'll get into our last player, though, Greg Dulcich. You know, I just – this is another one that I think – you know, I feel like I've said – I think I've said every player on this list is a sell. I didn't even think about that before I started the show. I, I, that's just how I pitched every single player almost, I feel like so. But Greg Dulcich – What a mindset, well. bud. <laughs> that's me in the summer that that's that's my mindset in the summer for my dynasty leagues i just look at like which players do i want off my roster and that's how i base every picks. single trade give me them picks <laughs> um greg dulcich though moving into a new offense new coach that you know that always concerns me for a, a you know a rookie tight end obviously the, the denver broncos really liked him last year they thrust him and he missed the first uh, five or six weeks of the season and immediately threw him back out there um however you know, they did bring in some tight ends, and I just wonder, you know, with a revamped offense, how much are they going to look to the tight end again? I think, you know, tight ends are always, you know, their target production is always so volatile historically, unless you're a true game changer. Just moving over coaches when we're already anticipating Greg Dulcich to be a tight end one almost again, that's, you know, that that I'd be exploring what I can get. You know, any tight end, it's hard to get incredible value for him, but if I'm – I'd actually take a like – a, Especially if I didn't think it was going to be like a late, late second round pick, I would take what I would thought to be maybe it would be a mid to early second round pick for Greg Dulcich. I would see what I could maybe add. You know, what 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 do you need to add for maybe a David Njoku and Evan Ingram? Those would be the moves I would see if I can explore for a Greg Dulcich player. What about for you? I want to buy him because I don't think he costs anything. I I mean, if I can get if I can get Devonta Smith for Joe Mixon, I can get him for a third. I don't. You can't I, be I, pitching that to people. You can't be like the Steve. You can't be just counting on steals. There's no way that I'm starting that conversation in a trade with a second round pick. I'm certainly starting it off with a third. And I've been. I, I mean, again, for that. consider the source. You know, you know the, the you know the, the the trade thief, highway rob, Mr. Highway Robbery, whatever. I, I mean, that's where you want to start the conversation. I, and I feel like there is going to be some opportunities where you're going to be able to make that that trade. You're going to be able to complete that swap. Again, if you have an owner that is, you know, maybe high end tight end, maybe they've got Kelsey and they've got, you know, a, a David Njoku, but then they drafted Dul or Dulcich, I, I could absolutely see that being a possibility. But again, if he's on more of a barren roster where, you know, that guy's looking for a starter in return or, you know, more of a live option, yeah, I could, I could move myself into that second round pick territory. But I don't feel like he's a player that I need to send any players for. It should just be a matter of whatever draft pick that you can get off of. I don't think the market's high on him at all. I mean, I am. You, I've said many good things about Greg Dulcich, and that's why I'm willing to do it. But I don't want to overpay for him. I don't. Yeah. I, I do not believe he should cost the same as David Njoku or who was the other name you said? Was it was it Evan Ingram? Um, Evan Ingram. No, those guys should be going at a much higher cost. 
They're in I, offenses that have better quarterbacks right now, at least in my opinion. Maybe Deshaun Watson and Russ Wilson are a bit of an even swap there. But I, I trust Kevin Stefanski a little bit more, knowing his players, knowing his system, having that playbook put together. He's been building something. Sean Payton, yeah, I expect him to make the offense a little bit better. They should progress as a unit, but it's also kind of more of a middle group. And then looking at the you know Jaguars, they're just going to pass a lot. So I, I really like Evan Ingram, at least for this upcoming season. Dolchich probably has a better four- to five-year window. But I do believe that those players, those tight ends, should be going at a higher cost than Greg Dolchich. Like, yeah, there's been some nice things said about him, but I feel like his presence should be closer to under the, the radar than above it. So I'm not – I would buy him. I do not want to buy a ton of him, and I don't want to expend a lot of – spend a lot on him, excuse me. I think, you know, I think the fantasy manager, the owner of Greg Dulcich, is probably likes him. So, you know, I think – I think it's going to be hard to. I think it'd be about nearly impossible to probably buy him for a third from most people. Was, I don't think most. What was his dyna- dynasty draft better. capital round three? Yeah, probably. I don't think that. I don't think I, owners I, are I, going no, to be nobody's like. Nobody's just going to sell for a random third. They're not going to. You know that that, that would be that would be an easy cash. I I would buy Greg Dulcich for that, but um, I think you could. Like I said, I think you could add a little bit, a little sprinkle on top for a more of a. A borderline tight, more consistent borderline tight end one like a David Njoku and Evan Ingram, somebody kind of in that mold, maybe a Pat Fryer Muth or somebody like that. I think I don't think that's that far off, especially uh, in dynasty leagues. I think people are excited about the new offense. You know, I think especially when a needy dynasty manager is coming looking for a tight end to fill the roster because there's just not that many of them in August. Mm-hmm. I think I think you could get a second round pick. I think yeah, easy. You know, no, I, so, I, I'm not going to argue that, but I just don't want to pay that, you know, right out of the gate. I'm not going to start the conversation with a second because most likely that can evolve into a second and a player or a second and another pick or whatever. So I'm going to start it. I'm going to start at round three and we'll go from there. Maybe I can do round three and a player. You know, I, I feel a little bit better about that, but I don't want to start at the high end, you know, asking price for him, in my opinion. Hey, look, look, I told you, Brian Ford, Dynasty, Dulcich over Ingram. Yeah, like I, like I said, better, I, uh, better three to four year window. But this next upcoming season, Ingram has a much higher ceiling, in my opinion. So, but I think a lot of people feel that way, though. So for me personally, I would trade just just for the immediate production. I, I, I don't really like to project tight ends out long very time. I, I have a bad history with tight ends, so I really don't trust the position. So if I could get, I would trade. Dulcich for Ingram straight up just because I like Evan Ingram's prospects this year better. And that's just what I bet on in the tight end position. If unless it's like an overarching, you know, great talent, like a Kyle Pitts. So for me, I, I disagree with Brian, although I, but I think a lot of most people, I think actually agree with Brian or like at least close to what Brian says about Evan Ingram and Dulcich being close. So for me, that's why I would say Dulcich is a sell. Um, See, so Brian, I, Brian, I think falls in line with more of what the consistent, uh, fantasy community thinks of Greg Dulcich, which I'm just so wary of the tight end position. Just I'm jaded. I'm a jaded person when it comes to the tight end position. I've been screwed so many times. So that's why I try to get bet on just immediate production, s- try to sell these tight ends that are kind of looked as longer term, young, talented players, because there's just, it always, they always face plant. It always happens. It's always a frustrating position. So that's why they're always usually a sell. But with that, we'll wrap it up here, my friend. You know, you got some closing thoughts. You you want to give us some inspirational uh, talk for the week or anything like that? 
don't start trade conversations with uh, high draft picks. <laughs> I'll tell you, I for me, you, you can't you can't rob anybody that way. You I won't. Mean, if, you you will not grab my attention that way. I I tell you, I I do agree with you. I I try to you know I don't throw out any big names or try you know try to buy low. But for me, you got to come with a little juice because I'll just ignore you if you don't. If you try to send me like just if you sent me Greg Dulcich in the third decline, I'm not replying back. You gotta to you, you gotta know your back. people. You you, you got to know your league, man. I'm watching a lot you, of that. You, uh, a lot of the Survivor. You know, so I, I, I learned to I learned to read people. Now you've told me. Now you've for, told for me, me that if I'm, I'm going to leave with heavy. you. Yeah, see, exactly. And now I know heavy. if I want to make a deal with Emerson, you know, I got it. Like you said, I got to bring a little bit more juice. But I, you we, didn't trade me Devonta Smith for Joe Mixon. So we need some we need to get some SGPN Dynasty Leagues going. It's been a while. We, we need to I'm get waiting. Going. I'm, I'm waiting. I thought we were going to have the Twitter League, you know, where we have all of our trades out on Twitter, you know. All right. We'll get something going in August here, but anyway, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap it up. I'm uh, you'll find us back here next Sunday. You'll find me on the Face Off Sports Network a couple times this week, and of course, I produce, uh, I write and produce for Player Profiler as well. Definitely check out the Dominator tonight with Billy Musio, and I'll be producing that. So, have a great rest of your night, everyone, and we will see you soon. <laughs>